0: The Indie Grits Festival, it's a chance for us to turn Columbia into the city that we want it to be for four days. So we really want to celebrate all aspects of contemporary Southern culture, whether that be food or music or independent gaming. And we have all those things here in Columbia and Indie Grits is a chance to kind of bring all those t- together under one uh, roof and celebrate it all.
1: That's Seth Gadsden, Director of Indie Grits Labs. And this is Artworks, the weekly podcast produced at the National Endowment for the Arts. I'm Josephine Reed. How Indie Grits has grown from a two-day do-it-yourself film festival to a four-day multidisciplinary celebration with independent film at its heart, hosted by the only nonprofit cinema in the state, the Nickelodeon. IndieGrits itself is a multifaceted organization that's deeply embedded in South Carolina. And it's continued to evolve over the years, from commissioning art projects around yearly themes that are shown during the festival, to year-long projects put together by artists and other community members, to a deep involvement with arts education and mentoring. Seth Gadsden is the director of IndieGrits Labs the arm of the organization that helps artists develop their work for the themed project. Indie Grits does so much as presenters, educators, and creators, it can get a little confusing. So I had Seth help me unpack their history. And we began at the beginning with the start of the film festival.
0: <laughs> Indie Grits, it has a really interesting history. To start with Indie Grits, we have to go back even further and talk about how in 1979, a group of students from USC who were of the Columbia Film Society formed a theater called the Nickelodeon Theater in downtown Columbia, right next to the State House. And, and this
1: is Columbia, South Carolina.
0: That's right. Okay. In Columbia, South Carolina. And this theater was really a place where cinephiles and people that loved film. And just wanted a community to get together to watch all types of independent foreign cinema, all types of movies and theater. And this was a place and a home for them for many, many years. And then in 2006, they hired Andy Smith, and he was asked to start the Indie Grits Film Festival.
1: Well, Seth, where did the name Indie Grits come from, and how does it reflect the organization?
0: Indie Grits in and of itself is meant to celebrate independent film, experimental film. And the Grits part speaks to A, the gritty nature of independent and experimental filmmaking, but also to what's in in the South, Grits. So it speaks to the fact that the Indie Grits Festival really caters itself to Southern media makers. So everything that happens around Indie Grits Festival, involves a Southern filmmaking in some way. Either the filmmakers are from the South, the musicians are from the South, the artists are from the South, or they are people making things about the South. So a strong connection to the South is very important.
1: So, the Columbia Film Society began showing independent films at the Nickelodeon. This morphed into the annual Indie Grits Film Festival. But last year, the organization evolved again and grits Labs was formed to run the year-long creative and education projects. Seth explains the evolution of this program.
0: About five years ago, we started doing really robust media education programs and the joy and the love and the passion for experimental filmmaking and animation have really been the uh, uh the guiding force and principles behind what we do around our media education and um uh, last year our our organization made the decision to create this organization called Indigris Labs and so now we have this year-round presence that we're calling Indigris Labs where we do media education and we run our festival every year, and we also have been doing these very large art projects that have a social justice bend and really look at issues facing the southeast.
1: How is it branching off and beginning a new organization? How is that working?
0: We started IndyGritz Labs a year ago, and we're still sorting it out. I used to be the managing a director of the Nickelodeon Theater and was running the Nickelodeon Theater, was running the festival... Uh, was overseeing our education programs, and uh, we've grown fast enough that this past year we were able to hire a, a Nickelodeon theater dr- a director. We've been very fortunate, and, and that has allowed me to break off these other programs from the Nickelodeon so that they could really thrive with a director and its own leadership, and then the Nickelodeon has also really blossomed and done even better than it's been doing with its own director and its own uh, dedicated leadership. So um, it's really been a good thing. And uh, we're still trying to get this IndyGritz Labs thing under our belts and figured out.
1: Indigris began as arts presenters and now has added arts creators and educators to its portfolio.
0: That's right. So about five years ago, uh, the executive director and I decided that we needed to do more, that just being presenters wasn't enough. We had this new mission behind the organization to do more artistic services. I have a background as a painter and a filmmaker, and I have a lot of background with arts organizations. So it made a lot of sense for us to move in that direction. Uh, The Nickelodeon Theater had just moved a few blocks down Main Street to a whole new location and a two-story old theater that we renovated and and restored. And so we had this big, new, beautiful building and a new part of Main Street that was up and coming, and so we started theming other festivals, and our first year, our theme was Future Perfect, which is like looking at the future of Southern cities. We brought in artists from all across the Southeast and did installations all around our new theater on Main Street, and because of this big art project, we were able to partner with all types of organizations.
1: It's important to note that the films presented at Indie Grits were not similarly themed. The focus remained on Southeastern independent filmmakers or topics that pertain to the Southeast. But IndieGrit supported art projects with a common theme that would be shown during the festival.
0: Now that allowed us to do special curation. We did workshops. We did a conference uh, with uh, uh, the Urban Land Institute here. We brought these artists in that were responding to the theme. What I discovered after that year is that we wanted to get a little more intense with that. What we had done that year was just did a call for proposals of Future Perfect, like a traditional arts organization would do with a call for proposals. And then the next year, our theme was Water Lines, and we named it that theme because uh, that year was a really tragic year in South Carolina because we had uh, the Charleston Nine Massacre at the a- Emmanuel Aomee Church, and then we had a bunch of tragic flooding here in Columbia, uh, the 1,000-year flood. We named our theme that year Water Lines, and the idea was to create an art project with a group of, I, I think we had about 16 artists, and I started meeting with them the month of the flood, and we met every month afterwards, both individually and as a group leading up to the festival, everybody developing projects about the flood, about the aftermath of the flood, about healing, all these different interpretations. We brought speakers in and just did a lot of different work around this and created this really robust project that gave festival goers and community members a way to experience um, the both before during and after the flood. That project has really been the guiding project that's guiding us to where we are now, where instead of just theming the, uh, the festival, these projects have become their own year-round projects that we're doing uh, with groups of artists and is has really become the heart of what Indie Grits Labs is.
1: What was the focus for the 2017 Indie Grits Festival?
0: Last year, the theme of uh, the project was visiones. So we were looking at how a Latino culture is changing the Southeast. And so uh, we had a Latinx creative leader of that group. Her name was Amada Toruella. And um, we had a group of Latinx artists from all over South Carolina that we met with throughout the year that all developed uh, projects that were all presented during the festival. And a lot of the young talent that I meet, the artists that I meet, the uh, the people that I bring into our family are first-time filmmakers, first-time artists, media makers. We really want to bring people in and give them a beginning, give them a start, and be supportive. And a lot of the educators that I work with as a part of our media education program, I met them through Indie Grits. Maybe they were interning for the festival. Maybe they applied to the festival. Maybe they were an artist in my in my project. So, all these systems are cyclical and um, feed each other. And, and that's kind of what makes Grits Labs what it is. Every year we, we have this new group of artists that come in for this project and it just adds to the family and we grow and grow and grow that way.
1: And of course the Nickelodeon Theater plays a major part in Indigritz Labs.
0: A lot of our education programs are field trip programs to the Nickelodeon theater. The heart and soul of our education programs are something that we call media literacy labs. And that's where uh, we've developed all these programs built around short films and feature films where students from schools from all around uh, the Midlands here in South Carolina can come. They do a field trip at the Nickelodeon. They learn about art house, nonprofit theaters. Uh, They watch a movie and then we introduce them to the tools for which they can interpret, be critical, and learn about screen cultures. And and that's anything from a, a narrative film to news culture to a social media to documentaries.
1: I find it so interesting because, of course, we all have a visual literacy because we grow up with media, but it's often so unconscious that when you pull back and begin to deconstruct how those meanings are made it becomes fascinating i think and That's important
0: right. it's something that you're beginning to see in schools and you're beginning to see people talk about but most people still have no idea what you're talking about when you say media literacy when you say screen culture everybody's in screens now you're even reading in screens so um it's really important that we educate our youth as to like so that they can look at screen culture critically just like they read critically and they're taught to read critically it really puts the power back into the hands of youth Um, we find that to be super important
1: now even though indie grits labs sprung from the film festival and from the nickelodeon and from the columbia film society like the film festival itself you don't just focus on film there's music there's visual there's other visual art there's gaming involved right you cast a very wide net
0: you know something that we say behind closed doors a lot of times is it's the Indie Grits festival it's a chance for us to turn columbia into the city that we want it to be for 4 days so we really want to celebrate all aspects of contemporary Southern culture, whether that be food or music or independent gaming. And we have all those things here in Columbia and Indie Grits is a chance to kind of bring all those uh, together under one uh, roof and celebrate it all. There was a time we were called the Indie Grits Film Festival. And for a while now, we've just been calling it the Indie Grits Festival with the Nickelodeon and film still being at the heart of it. We bring all these things in now. I was just eating lunch yesterday with the curator of Indie Bits and talking about what type of video game installations that we were going to have during uh, the festival this year.
1: Yeah, well, describe what those four days are like in Colombia when it's the Columbia you want it to be.
0: All these folks come in from all over the country, and they're all connected to the South in some way, shape, or form. So you all of a sudden have this influx of, of media makers, whether it be video games or films or art. And these people are professors, and they're educators, and they work in nonprofit organizations, and they work in the industry. And there's films all day, every day. There's music every night. There's after parties. There's opportunities for people just to hang out in lounges and relax. There's a Puppet Slam, where it's an adult-only puppet show that is organized by a local puppet group, but it brings in puppeteers from across the Southeast. We also have a variety show from New Orleans called The Weekly Review that we've been doing for four years now, and that's a really, while a variety show that touches on a lot of different points of culture and comedy. We usually do a big free outdoor concert with food trucks and all that good stuff. And then based on the art project of the year, uh, the thing that we focused on with our group of artists throughout the year, there could be any number of activities going on anywhere around the city. Uh, That's brought in that unique element that really changes year in and year out
1: how many artists and filmmakers come from Columbia and the surrounding area?
0: Oh my goodness, it's a lot. You know, I I think last year, last year we worked with over two hundred creators, local creators, right? It's a lot. Uh, with Vigiones last year, that uh, that group of artists was from all over South Carolina. Half of them, I would say, were from uh, Columbia. This year, our our project is called Two Cities. And we're looking at how socioeconomics and race play a part in how individuals are perceived by their city and how they perceive their city. We've decided to focus that in on one area of our city called North Columbia. And because of that, the group of artists that we're working with are all in some way connected to those groups and neighborhoods. Um, Either they live there, They're from there. They have family there. They work there. So we're working much more localized this year than we necessarily have in the past. We actually opened up our first satellite space for Indigris Labs in that neighborhood. So for the first time since I've been here, I've got an office that's not in the Nickelodeon Theater. I'm in an old house in a neighborhood running our programs this year, which is pretty exciting.
1: How does putting an art festival together Around a particular issue, how does that open up discussion of that issue in ways that perhaps wouldn't happen in, you know, a talking head roundtable?
0: Well, the reason that I do this is and the reason that I find IndieGrits to be so powerful, we're able to take ideas, people, creators from a lot of different paths and a lot of different areas of society and the art world, you name it. And when you kind of mix them together and you get them collaborating, even if they're not collaborating so much and you just put them next to each other, it spurs new ideas and you see things in ways that you've never seen them before. And I've always thought that's when art was at its most powerful is when you see something in a new way and that's where you get your own creativity, and that's where you become empowered, and that's where empathy comes into play. And so many good things come from that moment where you see something anew. You know, we've got 13 people in the group this time, and they're not all artists. There's a community organizer. There's a chef. There's writers. There's a lot of different types of people in this group.
1: And these are the people who come together for yes. weekly discussions about two cities.
0: Exactly. Uh, the festival's coming up in April and they're all turning in their budgets and their proposals and really beginning to get into the heart of their individual work. But because of this collaborative spirit, I think that plays out in the community afterwards. I just think it gives opportunity for our community to, to see things in new ways and experience these ideas in ways that they've never experienced them before so that hopefully it spurs continued conversation, continued uh, dialogue and and new ideas. Um, You know, the past three festivals with these art projects, the festival's been the end of the project. The work was designed to be presented during the festival. And while the act of doing this, especially with Visiones, our organization as a whole, is much more invested in the Latinx community now, which is great, but a lot of the actual projects ended. Whereas this year with Two Cities, what we're looking at, because we're in this neighborhood and because of the work we're doing, is so tied into so many different things in the community part of what we're looking to do is sustainability and developing projects that are programs and things that could continue into the future and teaching a lot of the different aspects of program and project development where these artists could continue to do that work and we could continue to help them find funding and continue to work together it's why we're opening up a new space in that community so every year is a little different and presents a unique challenges but at the end of the day It's all about trying to put ideas together to create new spaces for new thought and new dialogue and really inspire people to go in directions that tap into something that's unexpected.
1: How do you choose the annual theme for the projects?
0: That's something that I've done along uh, with our executive director, Andy Smith, for the last few years. When we came up with the Visiones, you know, it was mere coincidence that we were going to be doing that theme at the same time that the election happened and all of a sudden the wall, everything that's been happening. It seemed like we just happened to be doing that festival and all that work at the same time as that, but... We choose these things years in advance, and uh, my right hand at Indigrits Labs, his name is Pedro Lopez de Victoria. He's from Puerto Rico originally, and one of my first interns um, up for Indigrits, her name was Amada Toruella, and she has worked her way up in the organization now and is now the right hand of the Nickelodeon theater director as the lead program at the Nickelodeon. She's from El Salvador. So they were planning a smaller festival that was just gonna be like a weekend, a film programming thing. And we decided, hey, why not make this idea Visiones like a full on project for the festival that year and create a lot of artwork around it. And a lot of the funders liked the idea and we liked the idea and it ended up being this really great thing. And then the water lines year, that came from us just wanting to celebrate our river. So we were gonna do this project based around the river and then the flood happened. So once again, it seemed like we were really uh, forward thinking somehow. And the year before that with Future Perfect, it was all about our move up to Main Street and rethinking how our community looks and, and looking at a revitalization along Main Street and what is the future of our city. So Future Perfect seemed to be the right theme there.
1: Yeah, so they seem to come organically through something that the city is experiencing. Yeah,
0: Exactly. We have an after-school program called Come Around My Way that's at an historically black high high school that was started in the 50s, and it's still a predominantly African-American high school. Its resources are a lot different than the other schools in the district. The neighborhood there is a lot different than the other neighborhoods in the district, and um, a lot of the work that we've been doing there for the past five years has led into this idea of two cities and two different experiences. So um, that theme came about that route as well.
1: Talk about how working on a project like that in the city with other artists and with other community members as well, how, how it brings a community together.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's about really believing in my organization and the folks in the community and really believing in the work that we do. and. It's all about just opening that more and more and more and inviting more in. You know, I believe as a nonprofit organization in this community, we should really reflect the city. And our city is diverse and big. So each time we do one of these big projects, it really brings in a new part of our city into what we do. And we're able to connect it to the funders that we work with. And we're able to connect it to the partners that we work with. And some of our best success stories are... Uh, the waterlines year I worked with a photographer who was a local photographer. I invited him to be a part of the project because I really liked who he was as a human. And I liked the way that he worked and collaborated with folks and through the project, I discovered that he drew maps and I was like, wow, man, you draw maps. This is really cool. You know, he does them from memory. He, and I convinced him to draw a map of Columbia on our wall in the theater as a mural from memory writing stories about the different areas. So it's like a map of Columbia from his head. And that has led to him getting several mural commissions all around the city. And now he's a he's a mural painter. So those are the kinds of things that I'm looking to do, connect people to opportunities and to organizations and, and to parts of the community and to people that they should have access to and that they should be responsible to. I wouldn't do it if I didn't grow and learn every single year how to work with groups of people and collaborate. Every year it's a little different. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I would imagine the festival is a great economic generator for Colombia.
0: Oh, for sure. About half of our attendees come from outside of Colombia. Columbia has this thing called a hospitality tax. Uh, some other cities have them as well. It's when they take a small tax on all of food and BEV around the city and they give it back out to arts organizations. And that was started 12 years ago. Andy Gritz was, was created by the H-Tax program. We're a success story of that program. We still continue to get H-Tax to this day, but we get that because of the economic driver that we are here in Columbia and all the... All the people that we bring here that get excited about coming to Colombia and seeing Colombia and experiencing it. Like I said, it, it's it, it's the four days where we turn the city into what we really wanted to believe it is, and. It works the other way around, too. Like one of my main goals with IndieGrits Labs is to retain talent here in the city. It's really hard when you meet young people, you bring them into your system, you teach them, you mentor them, you work with them, and then they turn around and go to a bigger city. So one of my goals is to like slowly bring the resources to Columbia and bring the things to Columbia that will help us become a hub where these young media makers want to be and want to create. Because... The South is a rich, rich, rich landscape with all types of stories to tell, and we want to keep our media makers here.
1: The festival is in mid-April, and so you're putting the Two Cities Project together. People can come to Columbia, they'll, they'll go, they'll see movies, but what else will they see in terms of the Two Cities Project around town?
0: A lot of that is still in development, but we'll be doing some public art projects. One group of of artists is making an archive of museum in an old building in the neighborhood where they're going to invite folks to bring out the materials from their past. and, And they're recording a story lab. Artists are doing a public artworks. There's a There's comic books being made. Uh, There's going to be some theater productions. It's going to be a a mixed bag of different things that I'm going to have to figure out a program for during the festival.
1: (laughs) I got to tell you, Seth, I was reading about everything you do, and I have written all over it. How do they do all this? How is this? (laughs) How how do they do all this?
0: (laughs) I am blessed to have a really passionate team. When I was running up, the nickelodeon theater i had the full power of the nickelodeon behind me i brought two of the employees with me and now i really rely on my freelancers from all over the community so a music curator is the the music writer for the free times here i've got a local bar owner does all my party logistics um i've just got freelancers from all over the place and we we meet weekly and we talk and we we figure all this stuff out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for giving me your time. I, I can only imagine how busy you must
0: be. It, it's so much fun. It's it, it's it's so much fun. So, thank you.
1: That's Seth Gadsden. He's the director of IndieGrits Labs. The 2018 IndieGrits Festival will take place from April 12th through the 15th. You can find out more at IndieGrits.org. You've been listening to Artworks, produced at the National Endowment for the Arts. And the Artworks podcast is now available on iTunes. So please subscribe. And if you like us, leave us a rating. It really does help people to find us. For the National Endowment for the Arts, I'm Josephine Reed. Thanks for listening.